Hey guys, Nick from the Pro Wrestling Podcast here. Want to say thank you for all of your support, whether if that was through the Twitter page, Facebook page, any kind of social media platform that we're on. Thank you. It means a lot to us. And we want to say that, you know, we work really hard to put together a pretty decent show for you guys. And hopefully you guys are enjoying the podcast as much as we are making it. Um, with that said, we got to pay the bills. So, of course, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Power Slam TV. Power Slam TV has the top promotions and celebrities in the pro wrestling world offering events, shoots, and other related content available for the first time in a single massive location that can be watched on smartphones, computers, and connected TVs. Power Slam TV showcases premium pro wrestling content from countries all over the world. So use that promo code. Use promo code ProWrestlingPod, all one word, ProWrestlingPod, for a month free on us. Visit Powerslam.tv for more info. Now, this episode of the podcast, I really enjoyed making this episode. Um, We talked about a lot of stuff, as you can tell by the length. This is a very long episode. Uh, The reason why is because it's wrestling. There's times where there's a lot to talk about and times where there's not so much to talk about. This was clearly a longer week of talking about stuff. Uh, We even went off topic a little bit and we really made the show our own. Special thanks to Anchor for having no time limit, which really helped in this case. So again, I hope you guys really enjoy the show. Thanks for following us. You can follow us on prowrestlingpod.blogspot.com. All the links are in there. You're going to get the plugs at the beginning of the show just like normal. And again, go to powerslam.tv for a month of their awesome content on us by using the promo code ProWrestlingPod. All one word, ProWrestlingPod. So thanks for your support, and here we go. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hold one, arm drag. Brett screwed Brett. Who are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Brett screwed Brett. Ball two, arm bar. Hey, get a nice shot of the brand new Mr. and Mrs. Hunter Hurst Helmsley. I hate you. I hate you. I hate your hat. I hate your t-shirts. I hate your wristbands. I hate your shoes. I hate your music. I hate the C-Nation. I hate everything that you stand for. So does rule. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Hold three. The moss-covered, three-handled family grenadzel. It's me, Austin. It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. Just when they think they got the answers, I change the questions. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pro Wrestling Mecca of the World in Cleveland, Ohio. I am your dangerously, dashingly, strikingly sexy, ever so amazing, ever so smooth talking, ever so gorgeous. I'm going to use gorgeous host Nick. And with me, as always, is Matt. Hello, wrestling people. I am joined alongside the gorgeous. (laughs) 
Or, or maybe I should go Cody Rhodes and say dashing. Can do you think I can steal dashing? Is that okay? No, that's gimmick infringement. You're gorgeous. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll I'll take it. You just called me gorgeous, so that actually made my night. So thank you. I'm still better looking. Well, how about this? People can help the Gmail or the Twitter or Facebook page if they think I'm better looking, which I'm sure every single one of them will. The Gmail is ProWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Once again, ProWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Facebook.com slash ProWrestlingPod. Once again, Facebook.com slash ProWrestlingPod. Twitter page is at ProWPodcast. Once again, at ProWPodcast. The website, ProWrestlingPod.blogspot.com. Once again, ProWrestlingPod.blogspot.com. There you find blogs, interviews, episodes, all that good stuff. And the latest blog was actually posted uh, a couple days ago. Uh, about five reasons why CM Punk should join AEW. So give that a check out. Available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Anchor, and more. Or in Matt's words, just Google us. No, just Bing us. Oh, oh, that's right. I forgot. We Apparently we somehow mysteriously left Google and now we're on the Bing. We're on the Bing. Is, is it called the Bing? Because it's like the whole George Bush thing where he said the Google well, I'm making it a thing by saying the Bing. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. Bing. <laughs> how are you, Matt? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? I'm good. I, I can't complain. Uh, me and Michael, we went to Heroes and Legends uh, wrestling convention last weekend in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And you can check out the vlog video on YouTube. And I believe it's actually on the website. I'm going to have to double check that. If not, I'm, I'll, I'll throw it on there sometime. But it was quite an experience uh, meeting a whole bunch of wrestlers. Um, I met Charlie Caruso from Monday Night Raw. Uh, Michael met... Who did Michael meet? Oh, he met Arn Anderson. How could I forget that? Michael met The Enforcer. Uh, I met Jerry the King Lawler again. We met him again. I th- met him the first time. I think it was like in 2000 or something like that. Um, all around, it did was you, a very. Did oh, go you ahead. tell him that you met him before? I probably should have. He was actually he was really nice. Um, I did not say that, but um, I was wearing my Hardys T-shirt, and he looked at me and he said, "You know, the Hardys are just as crazy now as what they were back in the day." <laughs> and I mean, he 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 was in a very good spirit. Um, yeah, so I mean, we met a couple people, and it was—it really was a great show. So I highly recommend people checking out the vlog video for that. Michael did mention to uh, Gail Kim that he had met her years ago at—I think it was a Payless in North Olmsted, which is another suburb around Cleveland. No, it was actually at a car dealership in car North dealership. Olmsted. That was it. Okay, uh, I actually went with them at the time. And uh, when I met her, I asked her if she could put me in a headlock. Because, you know, at the time, I'm young, dumb, no wife, no girlfriend. I'm like, she puts me in a headlock. Guess where my head is going to be by? Oh, my God. Well, I asked her for the headlock. She goes, no, I can't do that. She goes, but I can put you in a, a master lock. This was back when Chris Ma- when uh, Chris Masters was in the WWE. So I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll settle for that. So I got a... <laughs> I'll, I'll settle for a wrestler <laughs> putting me in a wrestling move. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I got my picture taken with her putting me in the master lock. Do you still have that picture? 
Yeah, I believe I do still have that picture. By uh, all means, send it uh, my way. We'll throw it on the Twitter page. We'll have to tweet it out, Facebook it out. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. Um, definitely going to do that. Uh, yeah, I mean, the overall show, it was it was, it was was pretty cool. And, and the funny thing is, actually, about the whole Gail Kim thing, before I forget, Michael mentioned all of this to her, and she had the most confused look on her face. And she said, I don't even remember being in that area at all for any kind of appearance. <laughs> so she probably thought Michael was crazy. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, the show was it was a really nice show. They had some wrestling matches uh, spread out, and then they had, like, an actual main card uh, at night. So it was, it was a very fun experience. Um, hopefully uh, the next time they do it, uh, hopefully we'll drag you along. And it, it was a lot of fun. Um, I'm always up for a nice, uh, little wrestling road trip just so I can get a good vlog video out of it. Yeah. Well, back to the Gil Kim thing, you know, you can't blame her though for not remembering, you know, how many appearances she's probably done over the years. Oh, I'm sure it's been a lot. And also with, uh, Jerry, the King Lawler and, you know, I apologize cause I'm going backwards here, but, um, I think we should mention how when we first met him he actually let both of us try on his crown do you remember that i don't i'm not i don't know i mean that when was that would you say that we met jerry lawler because that was that was a while ago he was still with the cat because he was released from his wwe contract okay I remember him coming out from the back uh, telling us that he just got off the phone with, I want to say it was Bret Hart, because there was talk about, I'm thinking it was Bret Hart, and we're talking about opening up a new wrestling organization. Was Was this around the time WCW had folded? That I'm not. Sh- it might have been like right at that time frame. Because because they did the uh, whole invasion thing was in Cleveland, so I wonder if it had something to do with or not invasion, but just when WCW was bought by WWE, they did a simulcast from Cleveland and Tampa. So I wonder if maybe it had something to do with that. No, he was already gone from the company. Oh yeah, you're right, Paul Heyman. Yeah, you're right. Paul Heyman was there that night. Isn't this the the interesting thing with wrestling fans, though? We can just (laughs) go back and almost recall almost to a T when certain events happened. Yeah, I mean, I I just remember him telling us he got off the phone with Bret Hart, and he just said it so casually, like, oh, yeah, everyone knows Bret Hart. (laughs) He's like, no, Lawler, I don't. (laughs) I want to say it was either Bret Hart or Hulk Hogan. That that's great though. I mean, that really is. For me, it's it's mind blowing just just to hear stuff like that. Wrestlers just casually saying, "Oh, I was on the phone with so and so." Yeah, it's just. I mean, me and you, like, I can walk up to you and just real casually be like, "Oh yeah, so I just got off the phone with Tiffany, who you know, of course, is my wife," and that's normal to us. Right. But when you're a celebrity talking to a normal person, going. Oh yeah, I just got off the phone with Bret Hart or Hulk Hogan or whoever. Yeah, that normal it, person, they just get 
that much more starstruck. Exactly. That is exactly it. And it it's such a weird thing, but I, I get it. You know, it's just it's so weird to hear. But either way, um, yeah, you can definitely check out the vlog video on the website, on the YouTube channel. Um, again, maybe we'll have more vlog videos in the f- future whenever there's like a wrestling convention or an event going on. Um, I'm fully decided. I just like doing them every now and then. I think that's probably going to be a new addition going forward. Not saying it's going to happen every week or anything like that. Uh, just every once in a blue moon, I think. Anyway, so let's get right into the shows, shall we? Let's How do about, it. I, I want to start here. This was something that we weren't that we were kind of on the fence about talking about, but I just think I really find this intriguing, and that is the fact that over the past week, Harper, I hate calling him Harper because I feel Luke Harper is way better than just Harper, but anyway, he officially asked for his release from WWE, and from what I actually just read while I was looking this up uh, right now, apparently his uh, request was denied, and instead, WWE extended his contract. Wow, that like almost never happens. I, I don't understand why WWE would do that. And we're, we're going to read a little bit more about Luke Harper's. Uh, uh, he wrote something on Twitter about leaving the company and stuff. And we'll, we'll get into that in just a little bit. But I just, why would a company do that to someone who... It, they're not even featuring being used at all. Like he just popped up at DeAndre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal during WrestleMania, and then it's like almost the very next night, almost he's like, "Yeah, I want my release." The only thing I could think of is maybe with Bray Wyatt coming back, maybe they have plans to incorporate him into that storyline. Yeah, and I. And and that's another thing we'll be talking about later. Um, however, it does say, according to uprocks.com, and I quote, WWE is not granting Harper's release, and in fact, they're extending it by six months. Apparently, his contract was supposed to be up in November 2019, but they have the option of extending it to make up for time he missed due to his wrist surgery, which they're now doing to keep him well into 2020, end quote, from uprocks.com. So... If you're WWE, you're thinking, okay, six months, that could be a, a decent amount of time to get everything with Bray Wyatt rolling. Is that why they, do you think that's why they did that? Or is it more or less just them kind of saying, no, maybe you'll be joining AEW if we let you go, that sort of thing. I mean, what, what's your take on this? Because I, like you said, it's kind of a rare thing for them to do that. Well, first off, you reading that quote, that was very Michael Cole-esque, the way how you said, <laughs> and I quote. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a coal miner for life. What can I say? But as far as Luke Harper, uh, I'm just surprised. Because like I said, they never do that. So that kind of leads me to believe that they do have plans for him. That's why they extended the contract. Because AEW has actually came out and said that just because you're an ex-WWE guy doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have a roster spot. 
Yeah, and and rightfully so. Um, and not to go off topic from Harper, but if you're AEW and you want to compete with WWE, I think that's fine. But they're taking notes from TNA's playbook, and the well, not playbook necessarily, but they see that TNA tried to do so much to compete with WWE that it, it backfired on them, and they don't want to. They don't want that to ha- happen with them. I think AEW's plan is we're just going to sign anyone who's good. You know, not necessarily guys who have this draw power from WWE, but just guys who are good and are somewhat level-headed, which, don't get me wrong, I think Harper is. But I think you have to be a little bit more level-headed than normal if you want to compete with WWE. Well, before I go on, are we, like, officially now talking about how AEW can compete with WWE? Because that's, like, a whole nother take altogether. Right. Well, before we jump into that, uh, in closing with the whole Harper thing, this is what he put on Twitter. And this was from April 16th, which uh, time of this pod or date of this podcast is the 26th. So 10 days ago from today, as of this evening, I've requested a release from WWE. The past six years have been a simply amazing journey around the world and back with lifelong friends and family. I am proud of it all and proud to say I shared the ring with my coworkers. Now, that was part of his quote. He went on to go into more detail, thanking WWE and thanking all the fans for their support. So he's staying with WWE for six more months, whether he likes it or not. Um, so we'll see. And and the, we, we kind of brought up the whole AEW trying to compete with the WWE thing. And I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know where AEW should begin in the, in the terms of uh, how, how they want to approach WWE like should they try to have a working relationship with WWE or should they just kind of stay to the side and have their own show you know what I mean yeah um yeah I don't know how that would work being like a on a working level with WWE although uh, what people don't realize is that back in the day WWE did have a working relationship with ECW. They actually gave ECW some money to help them stay afloat. So, I mean, it would be nothing new to the WWE. But if I'm AEW and I seriously want to compete against WWE, uh, okay, for one, you're not going to have a working relationship with them. Two... There's two ways you can go about it. You can go about it by just bringing in anyone who's good, like you mentioned. Or, this is probably the way I would go about it. I would hire some well-known former WWE guys. Just to get even more name power. And then, you would also sign anyone who's good, like you had mentioned. Do a combination of the two. Okay, so let me stop you right there then. Do you think, hypothetically, say in six months, Harper's deal runs out, he's a free agent, does AEW sign Harper then? See, I can't really say. It depends on where AEW is as far as uh, talent-wise on their roster, like how how good are the guys they have, and how big of name power do they have? (coughs) If they don't have too big names on there that 
you know, mainstream wrestling fans would know, then signing Luke Harper would have its advantages. And see, that's, I think that that's the, uh, the problem AEW honestly is going to have is finding a good balance between guys who are good and guys who can draw. And I think one wrestler in particular who has recently signed with AEW in some capacity, I, we don't know the logistics, but that would be Goldust. Um, or as AEW is referring to him as, is I believe, Dustin Runnels. I don't think they're calling him Dustin Rhodes. Um, that would be correct because Goldust is actually trademarked by the WWE. Right, be yeah. allowed to use it. Yeah, exactly. And... Um, as I, I guess the story here with Goldust, I keep saying Goldust, I probably shouldn't, Dustin, is that he essentially went to WWE, Vince McMahon in particular, and requested his release back in January. And originally Vince said no to his request. However, I guess Triple H somewhat talked Vince into releasing Dustin and my original thought to that is, okay, that was a very petty move on Triple H's part. But at the same time, after I thought about it, I'm thinking, well, maybe he's doing it because I'm sure him and Dustin go way back. And yeah, they probably go way back. And who knows, on top of it, it kind of seems like Vince is starting, now that I know that Vince rejected Goldust's release request, it does sound like Vince is denying people their request because he doesn't want them going off to the competing company. Whereas someone like Triple H, he probably looks at it like, well, he wants to work with his brother. We're not using him. So, you know, like you said, they go way back. It could be Triple H throwing him a bone, you know, saying, okay, well, let me talk to Vince and see what I can do. Yeah, I'm I'm sure it has something to do with that. Um, I, I think, like, it's not like AJ Styles is coming up to Vince saying, hey, I want my release, and Triple H is saying, you know, let's just give him his release. Like, if it was any, like, if it was a big name, no offense to Dustin, I think he's an incredible worker. I've always thought that about him. But if it's someone like an AJ or Daniel Bryan, they wouldn't think twice. They would reject their request. But... I think it, it's a very good opportunity for Dustin. And um, I don't know about you, but I saw the little promo video that's on YouTube with him addressing um, why he wants to um, face Cody at double or nothing. And basically in the video, he's just saying that Cody took is taking all the spotlight with AEW and he, he's the older brother and he's not going to live in his younger brother's shadow and all this other stuff. And um, he, it, towards the end, he starts painting his face red, essentially indicating that he's not clearly going to be using gold or uh, I think he was using black face paint in TNA. Now he's he's using, I think it was red and black, actually. And it looked pretty cool. Um, so I, I I'm very happy to see this, honestly. Um, I, I don't know. To me, I think a match like this should have a stipulation to it because if you look at the double or nothing card, it doesn't, there's not a whole lot of stipulation based matches. 
I think having like a hardcore cage match or something, I think that could really be a fantastic match between Dustin and Cody. Oh yeah, I'm sure that they could put on a good match. Both both of them are pretty capable of holding their own in the ring. And you mentioned that video that uh, I don't even know what to call him, Goldust or Dustin, but he posted saying why he wants to go to AEW. I actually seen a different video to where he's looking at like a Goldust mask, and he's basically hmm. saying goodbye to his Goldust character. He puts the mask in this trunk, which already has the rest of the Goldust outfit in it. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, he actually tweeted that out. So if you go to his Twitter page, you can find that. That's pretty. That's pretty cool. Like I, I've always been a fan of the Goldust character. Um, I don't know about you, but I just thought it was so different, especially at the time when he first got introduced, where they're like on the verge of characters and not having characters. That when he came around, it was just like, whoa, like this is weird. I always thought it was a good mid-card act. I don't think I would ever book it in, like, the main event. No. The only thing I wish is that he would have had more um, mid-card title reigns, like more Intercontinental title reigns or more United States championships. Or tag team, even. See, not really tag team. I feel like he's had quite a bit of those over the years. Yeah, he has, but... I don't know. I mean, I just, I think it's going to be a good match either way, but I don't, it's not for me. And I'm sure maybe we'll do some kind of double or nothing review, but um, for me, it's not going to steal the show. I think that'll be Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho, but I think him going to AEW, even if it is a one-off against Cody, I think it's still pretty cool to see. See, I'm thinking it's not going to be a one-off. I think he, is in for a long haul. I think he has a. I don't, are they doing contracts in AEW? They are, but the thing is, no one really knows the extent of uh, how long they're going to be signed to their deals. No one knows if it's like a two to five year kind of thing or even a longer type contract. The only thing we know for certain is that Chris Jericho can take outside bookings. Yeah, that's interesting, but uh, I have a feeling that just because it's his brother, and I can't see him staying on board in AEW in some capacity or another, whether it's a wrestler or, who knows, maybe like a producer or something. Yeah, I, I can see him being a producer. I think that, that could be entertaining. I mean, and plus we already know Billy Gunn's a producer for AEW, so... It's always good to have wrestling minds backstage because they're more in tune with what's going on than a room full of writers who wrote shows, you know. Writing a TV sitcom, it's going to be a lot different than writing for a weekly television show. Sorry, a weekly wrestling television show. Exactly. Um. Well, as we look forward to Double or Nothing, let's bring it back to the WWE side for a little bit. Um, I, I, I'm i just going to get the sad news out the way. Um, uh, I believe it was SmackDown. Was it SmackDown? Yeah. Okay. Um, 
Um, there was conflicting reports originally during SmackDown of a fan at ringside either passing away or just passing out. No one knew exactly what really happened. WWE obviously kept the camera away from everything going on. Um, and as we came on the air, you informed me that it seems more concrete now that he actually just passed out at ringside. Yeah, see, at first I kept seeing, like, all the headlines saying that a fan had passed away during SmackDown Live, and he was saying ringside. And then, so I started clicking on all these links and kind of reading up on it. A couple of them did say that he passed out. Now, they also said that at one point he did stop breathing, and they were performing... Uh, CPR on him. Uh, Any way you look at it, it's a tragic event that happened. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen it, but there is multiple videos of it, like fan videos, and uh, like even during the opening segment on SmackDown, if you look closely enough, I think you can see like a bunch of medical staff attending to him. Yeah, I don't know. I... I didn't catch the beginning of SmackDown. Um, I just, it, it was just one of those things I went on Twitter and um, a lot of people were tweeting about something happening with the fan at ringside. No one really seemed to know what. And like you said, it is. It's very unfortunate when something like this happens. Um, I'm going to say good job on WWE's end of just not trying not to draw attention for it. Now, this is something that kind of irked me a little bit, though, is that I also saw a lot of people saying, like, how dare WWE still go on with the show, like, nothing's happening, and blah, blah, blah. And my response is, <laughs> is like, what are they supposed to do in that case? Just stop the their live television show completely? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't understand what you think they should do in that case. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, you don't really want to stop it completely. Go to put on, you got sponsors want to get their names out there and whatnot. Um, right. I don't know. I think they did the right thing. They kind of just didn't mention it. I think that's the right approach you take. I mean, medical staff did attend to him at ringside. And eventually he was wheeled out, like on a, I believe a stretcher. Uh, yeah, from from what I understand, it was a stretcher. Yeah. Uh, well, I I had to get the the sad news out. Um, that's just, I just I just have to. Um, so with that being said, now let's get into. Something that happened that I, I I love this time of the year. We have to, we really have to go over the WWE Superstar Shakeup. Um, it's starting to become a tradition that the second Raw after WrestleMania is the Superstar Shakeup, along with SmackDown, where you get wrestlers moving from Raw to SmackDown, vice versa, but also NXT call ups, guys moving to Two Hundred Five Live, like it's. It's a very busy time this time of the year. And you see uh, 
just all like the the great uh, matchups that you don't normally see. Um, so with that being said, here are the names of the guys who went to Raw, the guys and gals who went to Monday Night Raw. And the biggest name is, in my opinion, who went to Raw, and again, I'm sure I'm biased, is The EC3. Miz. No. Oh. The awesome one, The Miz. Yeah, I think I've heard of him. Okay. Uh, he went from SmackDown to Raw. And I'm just going to announce these and, you know, we can say, I guess, some of our highlights, some of the good ones and stuff like that. But The Miz going from SmackDown to Raw. Andrade as well, going from SmackDown to Raw. Then we had Ricochet from, I guess, technically NXT, but Ricochet and Aleister Black were teaming for a while, jumping from Raw to SmackDown, even making some NXT appearances. Man, those guys were busy. Uh, Aleister Black, but there's going to be news on him. The Viking Experience, which got quite... Are you sure that's their name? (laughs) So... They go from the War Vikings, or, I'm sorry, the War Raiders, to the Viking experience, to the Viking Raiders, I believe is what they're being called now. Viking Raiders. I'm losing track. Like, they they took something that was so organic as the War Raiders and doing this weird Viking thing, and it's just bizarre. But... I kind of like the name Viking Raiders because they kind of do look like Vikings a little bit. But did you hear what their finisher is called? Yeah, the Viking Experience. The Viking Experience. I love how WWE just kept their tag name and basically made it into their finisher name. I've I've never seen that before. I wonder if maybe they trademarked it and then they decided, oh, no, we're going to change the name again. And by that point, they already trademarked it. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, WWE, they probably have every single one of these names trademarked. So it, it wouldn't surprise me if they did that. Uh, where am I at? Okay. Rey Mysterio going from SmackDown to Raw. Now, you could argue he's the biggest name being moved over. Well, there, there's a couple big names, but um, I, I still don't think he's the biggest one. Uh, the Usos, world which... Champion. Yeah. He's a former world champion. So is there's a couple form. So is the Miz. The Miz is a former world champ too. Well, I'm just just mentioning <laughs> the Usos from SmackDown to Raw. Uh, Naomi, of course, joining her her Bay. Do kids still say Bay? I don't know, but you just said it, so I'm pretty sure it's not cool anymore. <laughs> yeah, usually when I start saying it, it's usually at its and uh, Zelina Vega, which again, we'll get more into that. Eric Young breaking away from Sanity. EC3, of course, from NXT to Raw. Uh, this move I'm not a fan of. Cedric Alexander from 205 Live to Raw. Not a fan of that. And maybe I'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, Lars Sullivan officially announced as a Raw superstar. I, I, who knows? Uh, same thing with Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans is now on Raw and AJ Styles. Now, the thing is, is that even though the Superstar Shake-Up happened, 
one week, it was still apparently going on, and they still moved people over. And that would be Samoa Joe and Cesaro, which Cesaro crushed me because I love the bar. Yeah, but he's been in a tag team most of his career. And I think it's funny, each time he's in a tag team, you hear people saying, oh, they need to let Cesaro go solo. Let's see what he can do as a singles guy. When you break up the bar and people are like, well, we like the bar. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's that's so true, though. I mean, I don't know about you, but I prefer Cesaro as a tag team specialist more than anything, especially with Sheamus. I feel like that's easy to say because he hasn't spent a whole lot of time on his own. I mean, he did when he first debuted. Um, he did prior to uh, teaming up with Jack Swagger. Remember so, uh, remember when Cesaro first debuted and he did the whole I'm going to say hello to you in five different languages thing? Do you remember that? Yeah, that was great. <laughs> That's such a heelish thing to do. I'm still learning all five languages. <laughs> trying to keep up with them. It's not easy. Yeah, I heard you're, heard you're having trouble on the English one. Anyway. Oh, see. <laughs> Go Joining SmackDown is Finn Balor, Ember Moon, Bailey, Kyrie Sane, Lars Sullivan, who apparently I, I don't know what show he's on. I'm pretty sure SmackDown. He, I, he's knows. one of those guys who was originally drafted to Raw, but then he got drafted again and switched shows. Much like how uh, I know you're gonna mention these names anyways. Um, Andrade, Zelina Vega. And I believe there's one more. Oh, uh, Alistair Black. Yeah, I, 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 it boggles my mind on so many levels. Uh, Buddy Murphy, which, again, not a fan of. And I'll get into that later on. Elias going from Raw to SmackDown. Uh, Roman Reigns, which is obviously the big one. And it, it makes sense because they're being moved to Fox. So they need to have a big name join SmackDown. Well, not according to Vince, Elias is the biggest name to be signed. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? I, look, I love Elias. Elias is phenomenal. Well, AJ Styles is. But you, you get the point. I think that Roman is, without a doubt, the biggest name on SmackDown now. And to go back a little bit, you, you called The Miz the biggest name to go to Raw. What mm-hmm. about AJ Styles? AJ... That one I got to call you out on. As you should. I'm I'm not saying you shouldn't, but I think that, yeah, AJ's a higher draw. But I think, and this is going to sound weird, but I think Miz is actually a little bit more marketable in the sense of him having the USA show, um, him doing, even though the straight-to-DVDs movies. Like, he has so many outside projects that I think he can actually draw casual fans in, to whereas AJ's just an overall performer who the fans who already are watching love. So I can't think I I take it like the Miz can draw outside wrestling fans in and AJ can draw wrestling fans in. Exactly. Does that make sense? I I, like, I feel like it does, but I, I don't know. (laughs) That's fair. Uh, my, uh, 
Raw Crush is now on SmackDown, and that's Liv Morgan. And that effectively breaks up the Riot Squad. Uh, Chad Gable going from Raw to SmackDown. Apollo Crews, which I think could be okay. Could be. Uh, Mickey James and Heavy Machinery. Did you hear this about Mickey James? She was actually on Twitter saying that if she stayed on Raw, they should come up with a new nickname, Monday Night MILF. I, okay. I heard, I saw someone post that on Twitter and I thought they were joking. And it wasn't until I actually Googled it and sure enough, that was something she had requested. <laughs> yeah, that's not really too PG. Yeah, not, not quite. I think had she came up with that in the Attitude Era, well, I guess not really because she was younger in the Attitude Era, but you know, back then, a gimmick like that would have been able to get over. Yeah. It's just so, like, why? Why would you do that? Like, I mean, I know you just said, like, it's PG now. I just, I, I want to know, I want to know what went through her mind to make her say that. So, if WWE decided to go back to their PG-14 rating. Okay. And they actually gave Mickey James the green light for that. In your opinion, would that be good? No. I, I just, I don't think it's good regardless. It's just weird. Now, I, I, don't, is, I don't... Is that because... You don't think Mickey James is attractive enough to play a MILF or just the whole gimmick in general? I think that's the whole gimmick in general. I don't know. I just, I just, I'd feel weird because, like, the thing is, is that even though, like you said, in the scenario it's PG 14, I would feel weird if a little kid's watching it, you know, and would go up to mommy or daddy saying, hey, I want to be. Like Mickey James, I want to be a MILF. Like it's it's off putting, I guess. I don't know. Okay, well then what about all the stuff that like Sable used to do with the grind and uh having the handprint on her boobs in a swimsuit competition? I always wondered about that, by the way. Who did that? Like, did she just go up to, like, a random person backstage and said, hey, I need you to put your hand on my boobs? Wow. <laughs> Calm down there, Tiger. I, I got nothing, Nick. <laughs> but anyway, those were your results from the Superstar Shake-Up. Uh, like I said, I think my big names being moved were The Miz and Roman Reigns. Uh, I'm not a fan of Cedric Alexander. I'll start there because... I kind of liked him on two. Like I know I never watched it, but I think he could have been something huge in two hundred five live that they brought over to Raw occasionally. Um, I'm also not a fan of Rey Mysterio, but that's just because when I think Rey, I think SmackDown. That's just me though. And the last one I wasn't really a fan with were the Usos because I felt like they should have stayed on SmackDown their entire careers and just made a living being the crap of anybody who came to SmackDown. Well, to play devil's advocate here, don't you think it's also a good thing they get moved over to Raw so that, you know, it kind of like 
adds to their legacy. Like, they compete with the best teams on SmackDown. Then they go over to Raw, compete with the best teams over there, and they still stay on top. Yeah, I mean, I can see it, but I just, I don't know. I, there are just some names that you associate with brands. And again, I use Rey Mysterio as, you know, the talking point. I think whenever I think Rey, I think SmackDown. And I kind of want to do that with the Usos because just of how great they were booked on SmackDown. I just feel like with them being on Raw, the the creative team is not going to know what to do with them. Somehow, they're not going to find out what to do with the Usos. Now, did you also mention that Samoa Joe got moved over to Raw? I can't remember if you said his name. Um... I don't know if I did or not. It's on the raw side here on Wikipedia, but yeah, it's it's right by by Cesaro. So maybe or maybe I skipped over. I'm not sure. Samojo did move over to Raw. He was sick during the Superstar Shakeup, but then the following week he appeared on on Raw. Yeah, and that was kind of an obvious move when they put a uh, Finn Balor on SmackDown with the Intercontinental Title. Yeah, because then it's like, okay, well, Raw needs a, a mid card belt, so that's where Samoa Joe comes into play, uh, which I'm fine with that move. Um, just looking at the names here, so my takes on it. You mentioned Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander. You didn't like those moves. I, I can see why you don't like them, but at the same time, I do like it because it opens up the door for more opportunity and new stars for 205 Live. Because once you think about they only have the Cruiserweight title to chase after. So if you can keep someone like Cedric Alexander or uh, <clears throat> Buddy, Mor- Buddy Murphy on the brand competing and constantly winning the title, it doesn't really do much for the other talent on that brand. Okay, well then, real quick, do you think 205 Live should have more than just the Cruiserweight Championship? Uh, I would be in favor of it. Maybe have like a Cruiserweight Tag Team titles. Um, or maybe even have like their own television championship or something. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that, but then I'm trying to think, well, how do you incorporate the whole Cruiserweight name? I mean, do you call it a cruiserweight television title? <laughs> well, I, mean, I don't think you you don't have to church it up like that, though. I think you could just keep it as you know television champion. And although it is kind of well, weird, considering two hundred five live technically isn't on TV. I, I was just about ready to mention that. So maybe <laughs> they they could call it like the WWE Network Championship. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, I think that there are options personally. You know, I I think 205 Live just needs some kind of spice to it. And I, th- I think that would be a great way to, to start it. But I, I don't know exactly how they would incorporate it. Yeah, I started thinking, you know, does this, like, immediately impact the 205 roster? So I was kind of, like, looking at some of the results. And now I, I know that Mike Kanellis is on 205 Live. But last I heard, they weren't really using him. I mean, I don't know. I don't watch 205 Live. But I did read in the results he was involved in a in a program with somebody. So, you know, maybe it does open up the door for people like him who don't really get used a whole lot. Yeah. 
I, I I can't argue that, you know. I am all about making new stars, so maybe it is a good thing. Anyway, well let's I just want to go over this quickly, but there was a return to wrestling that shocked a lot of people, and that was drumroll please. And yeah, I'm not I, giving you a drum roll. <laughs> I was really waiting for it. Um I I I can't believe I'm saying this in 2019. But that return was CM Punk to the Indies, dressed up like a ninja wearing a hoodie, who stealthily went into the ring and GTS somebody and left. It was at MKE Wrestling uh, at the Knights of Columbus Hall in West Aldis, Wisconsin, uh, which had one of their last shows. Apparently, the venue is being... uh, uh, demolished or or something to that effect and it was actually a venue that punk had gotten his start in with uh a steel and danny dominion who were longtime friends of his and in doing so is kind of like his little homecoming back to the event uh he came in he did the gts spot and he went right out the door uh the show itself was packed with 350 fans which for anyone who goes to an indie show 350 fans is a lot of fans actually um and mk wrestling mke wrestling tweeted out a video which you can check on their twitter page their tweeter um do you think punk is kind of warming up to the idea of wrestling or do you think it was just a one-off comedy thing just to entertain himself well i think it's interesting because a long time ago someone had asked him if he would ever return to wrestling and CM Punk said, well, in wrestling, there's a saying, never say never. He goes, but as far as WWE goes, probably not. He goes, if I do return to wrestling, I'm going to do it dressed up as a effing ninja under a mask, helping out my friends. Or, you know, something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing here. And uh, he did just that. He showed up like a ninja. Uh, with a mask on and and he was doing it for his wrestling buddies and so i I can't say if this is going to be a one-off or maybe he does a couple appearances and leaves again who knows no i i say good for him you know like i think people are going this is something people are going to look way into i just think it's just him just having fun you know, even even if it is a one-off or maybe it leads to something, I don't know. But just let him enjoy it, you know. I mean, he spent years being miserable with WWE. And, look, I'm not really a big punk fan anymore. I used to be back when the whole summer punk thing happened. But anymore, I just kind of view him as just whiny. But if he wants to have fun, let him, you know. that's I think that's just what it boils down to. It does. When Sam Punk first got started in wrestling, it was him and a bunch of buddies from school that he hung out with. They wanted to do wrestling. They put on their own shows in front of people. And uh, word of mouth spread. And uh, they started drawing all these big crowds. And then Sam Punk finally came to realization, you know, if I'm doing this good without the proper training, Imagine how good I can be with the proper training. So, and that's when he went to uh, wrestling school and he kind of learned his craft 
and uh, eventually worked his way up to the WWE. Yeah, and I, I, I hope maybe he'll rekindle his love for wrestling, but who knows? I mean, again, I, I guess congrats, you know, since he kind of returned to wrestling, but I, I don't view it as him returning. I just think it's him wanting to be in that venue one last time. The thing I will say about CM Punk is I've always liked his way of thinking because it's a little outside the box. Like, I I have that uh, old CM Punk DVD, Best in the World. And there's some quotes in there. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Like, when he was talking about how originally he was just going to sit out his contract, and then he's like, well... If I want change, I'm not going to do it by sitting at home on my couch. Yeah, look, I think Punk is a very smart guy. I I can't stress that enough. And he's bitter at WWE. And you know what? I honestly, rightfully so. You know, they fired him on his wedding day. He was wrestling extremely hurt and they neglected him a lot. I, I don't blame him for any of that. I just feel like if you go back and you read any interviews or, or watch any videos of him on YouTube talking about WWE, he bashes them at every single possible chance. And I, I get it. Like, you're, you're bitter. But, you know, at the same time, can you bring it down a notch? You know, you, you're not on any kind of high horse just because you left on your own accord. You're... At the end of the day, you're CM Punk. You're a phenomenal wrestler. Can't really say that about your UFC career, but I think that you need to just understand that if it wasn't for WWE, you wouldn't have certain opportunities that you have today. Yeah, that's true. CM Punk is one of those guys who I kind of wish would come out with an autobiography. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I need that. Yeah, I don't think WWE would be too happy about that. There might be some damning stuff in there. Well, you know what, though? Bruno San Martino was known for hating the WWE and bashing them over stuff. Oh, yeah. And look what happened with him. Look He's what happened with Brett. Look at Brett. Same thing. Exactly. So, like they say in wrestling, never say never. Do you think somewhere down the line... He could let bygones be bygones and either come back into the company or maybe like years and years from now accept a Hall of Fame induction. I don't know. I mean, his, I think Punk's biggest problem with WWE might be Triple H. And that's not really a good starting point considering that Triple H is going to get handed the keys eventually. And, I, I don't really see Triple H to be as forgiving as what Vince is. So, it, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see him coming back in any aspect, quite honestly, to WWE. See, I think that's a shame, because I do think eventually he should be inducted into a Hall of Fame, because he did have that really long, lengthy title reign. Oh, it, that was a great title reign. And he said so many memorable moments and you know stuff like that is what really builds a hall of famer 
And let me tell lengthy, you something. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say uh, lengthy title reigns, moments. Those are stuff you want to consider when trying to figure out who you want to put in the Hall of Fame. And it about a week ago-ish, I went back on YouTube and I rewatched a bunch of the Summer of Punk stuff. And man, was it so good. It, it's something that still holds up today some seven or eight years later. I mean, that, that should right there should tell you all you need to know about punk. I'm willing to bet it'll still hold up 10 years from now. Yeah, more than likely. Well, while his future remains to be seen, hopefully something will come out of it. You know, I, I, I may not like the person, but I, I do like the, the wrestler. So who knows? But anyway, switching gears, we want to talk about wrestlers coming back. How about Bray Wyatt? <laughs> so, uh, do, do you want to feel this? I, I, I think you need. I want to hear your interpretation. Why don't you do the setup? Where to begin? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's start off with uh, the last few weeks. There's been these vignettes playing. I was like, uh, uh, they've been dark. Uh, you see the rocking chair with the little doll in it laughing. You see uh, the buzzard and. Uh, and then it usually cuts back to the announcers going, that was weird, or that was creepy. And really, we all know that's Bray Wyatt because of the rocking chair, the buzzard. I mean, they're saying it without saying it. Yeah. Well, then, this past, was it this past Monday, I believe? It was. Okay, they started airing another vignette form, except this one was like complete opposite. <laughs> Think of Pee Wee Herman, but with Bray Wyatt. That's a feel I had with it. <laughs> it. I mean, it was called Bray Wyatt's Firefly Funhouse. Yes, and, and then he—he's like he had names for all the characters, like the buzzard and the doll. And he's saying that he used to be a very bad guy. And then it shows him with like a chainsaw and he's cutting up a life-size cutout of the, I guess, the dark Bray Wyatt. So (laughs) I'm a little confused on this, Nick. Yeah. What are they going for? Because they start off with the dark vignettes and now it looks like they're airing happy vignettes well okay so one thing that i actually just found out a little bit ago was that apparently wwe is giving bray wyatt i don't know if full creative control over the new character is the right terminology but they are giving him a lot of creative control on this and apparently vince mcmahon is a huge fan of it i don't know if that's a good or bad thing but i i'm kind of okay if if Bray has a lot of the input. So that I don't does know. make me feel better about it. But it just I just don't know what they're doing with it. I'm confused. Yeah, and I am too. But I think if I was a gambling man, I would say that they're doing this to add an extra layer of creepy slash maybe unsettling vibes to his character. I think eventually it's going to turn out where Bray's just going to be even more psycho than what he was before. 
And I, I don't know if WWE even has a game plan for this, but it's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out. I'm, I'm hesitant, but yet I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, maybe a split personality kind of gimmick. Yeah, I think that's possible. Because at one point in the Firefly Funhouse video, he, like, brought his hands up and the screen kind of, like, flickered, like, for the dark Bray Wyatt. And there was something written on his knuckles. I can't remember it offhand what it was. Uh, One said, one side said hate, and I can't remember what the other one said. Yeah, something like that. I, I can't remember. I, so, I, mean, I, I mean, it is like a split personality gimmick that they're going for. Um, it, but, but that's the only way that they can go right now. Because for, I don't know, like three or four weeks, you've had these vignettes with a cardboard box and the puppet and Bray laughing. And now all of a sudden he's this happy-go-lucky guy. I think they're going to do that for a few weeks. And then it's going to be something dark again. And then maybe he'll make his appearance, and then maybe we'll get more concrete evidence as to where they're going. It's possible. But here's another question I have about about this whole gimmick thing. Because they aired the video on Monday Night Raw, but then they also aired it on SmackDown Live. Normally what they do is, if it's a Raw superstar... They only air it during Monday Night Raw. So what brand do you think he's going to go on? I don't think they even know yet. I think they're kind of... I think they're playing it by ear, I want to say. I think that they're going to see how things develop on Raw and SmackDown and figure out from there what show he's going to be a part of. Given the rosters, what show would you rather him be on? Well, if I kind of view Bray almost in the same boat as what I said about the Usos earlier, in the sense that I think SmackDown knows how to rate the Usos. I think SmackDown would be a great fit for Bray. I would love to see Bray versus Lars Sullivan, but at the same time, I wouldn't because I know WWE would probably push Lars to the moon. So I I don't know, but I'm my gut is telling me SmackDown. Yeah, I'm not sure what show I'd rather him be on. I mean, I was kind of leaning towards Raw, but you did make some good points. So I don't know. All right. Well, quickly before we wrap things up, one last thing I want to talk about is a member of the New Day. And I'm not talking Big E. I'm not talking Xavier. I'm not talking Kofi. I'm talking about the Big O, Kevin Owens a honorary member of the New Day while Big E is injured. And he comes out, he begs, not really begs, but he uh, discusses, I guess is the best word for it, with Kofi and Xavier being this new member of the New Day. And they put him through a bunch of tests, how many pancakes he can eat in five minutes. Uh, They had him do the intros that Big E normally does, and they had him keep doing it over and over. Um, and it was it was a fun week, two weeks, that KO was a member of the New Day, but 
Obviously, that all changed when he attacked Kofi on SmackDown. Um, what are your thoughts on KO and, and this? I mean, I think we all knew it was coming, but do you think they kind of pulled the trigger a little soon on Kevin Owens turning on Kofi? Well, when it first happened, they were putting Bray Wyatt with... Or not Bray Wyatt, I'm sorry. <laughs> they were putting Kevin Owens with the New Day for a six-man tag team match that first week. Right. And when Kevin Owens was asking to join the New Day as an honorary member, I was watching SmackDown with my wife, Tiffany, and I turned to her, I go, oh, I already know how this is going to end. <laughs> I go, Kevin Owens is going to turn on New Day and he's going to challenge Kofi for the title. Well, the end of the the show happened no heel turn i'm like oh i guess i was wrong on that one well then the following week is when kevin owens turns on the new day and tiffany turns to me she goes wow you really called that i go yeah but i was a little early on that i was like a week off yeah well i mean but this is kevin owens's shtick you know to where He's best friends with somebody, and then he suddenly turns on them. <laughs> exactly. I mean, look at Sami Zayn. He's done that a couple times. Uh, he did it with Chris Jericho. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I it, it Shawn makes... Michaels had that reputation of turning on his tag team partners. He did it with Diesel, with with Psycho Sid, uh, Marty Jannetty. And I kind of feel like Kevin Owens is gaining that same reputation now. Yeah, he is. I, 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 we all knew it was coming. I just, I'm surprised they did so soon, to be honest with you. I thought they'd at least keep it up until Money in the Bank, but that was clearly not their thought process <laughs> going into it. But you know what? I, I like it. I think Kevin Owens does a better job as a heel than as a face. Oh, come on. You like that New Day stuff that he did. Tell you what, he can gyrate his, he can you know, move his <laughs> hips pretty good. It was so bad. I, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was so terrible. But you know, you know what though? I think uh, it's great because I think Kofi needs a, a good challenger. And honestly, I KO he can hang with the best of them. So I say, why not? I think that it, it can pretty much rate itself. I think eventually we're going to need to see a more serious side to Kofi. Like, the New Day stuff is great, but when you're going up against this kind of feud with Kevin Owens, I think you have to to get serious. Well, the original plan for WrestleMania was to do a Daniel Bryan-Kevin Owens match, but then the whole Kofi-Mania thing kicked off, so they had to take Owens out of that match. So I think this is kind of... Make it up, Owens. Like, hey, we're gonna give you a title shot. We kind of took it away, so now you get Kofi instead of Daniel Bryan. Do you think they're gonna make Kofi a transitional champion then, and have KO win the title sooner than later? I, I was thinking about that when I was watching SmackDown. It wouldn't shock me. I would hate that because Kofi has worked so hard to get to this point. Not saying KO hasn't, but. He's won at least the universal title before. So let Kofi have this. I mean, he deserves it. Yeah, but isn't there more money in Kofi chasing after the belt 
and going after his dream again? I don't know. I mean, Kofi's chased for 12 years. I mean, or 10 years or however long it's been. I mean, at some point, he needs to stop chasing it and just actually have it. And now that he's had it, I mean, he hasn't had it that long, you know? So well, here's I my th- problem with that whole he's been chasing it for 11, 12 years, however long, is that's how long he's been with the company. He hasn't really chased after a world title that whole time until now. And that's so, yeah. So yeah, can that's you really point. can you really say he's been chasing it for that long? That's 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 a good point. And I'll it draws comparisons, in my opinion. Two thousand eight, Jeff Hardy was chasing the WWE championship. He was putting match after match after match, kept losing them, and eventually he won uh, the WWE title in a triple threat match with Triple H and Edge. And I think to me, that was a long time coming. I think people kind of confuse the word chase with the phrase long time coming. And I, what I mean by that is someone can chase a title, you know, a two, three month thing to where they're trying so hard to get it, but they keep falling short, um, which essentially is what they did with Kofi. But people want to go back even further and further and further with it by saying, like I just did. By saying, oh, well, he's been doing this for 10 years or something. But he never chased it. He deserves it, but he wasn't chasing it. Exactly. Well, we actually agree with something. So how are you feeling, Matt? Uh, we haven't talked about Robert Roode yet. Oh, you want to? You just want to knock it out real quick? Yeah, we haven't gotten to it, so why not? Uh, we don't have a time limit. Why not? Um, Robert Roode. And I yes, you heard me right, Robert Rude. He's no longer Bobby Rude. They gave him a name change of Robert Rude, along with a very Rick Rude mustache. You cannot tell me that thing. That does was not the same thing I was thinking <laughs> when I watched Monday Night Raw. Like, he looks just like Rick Rude. I I just I I can't believe like no one on any social media platform was saying that. Like no one. How uh, how are you guys wrestling fans and not thinking of Rick Rude when you see him? His kept, name, his mustache, his build? Like, come on. I kept thinking all he needs to do is wear pants with a, with his picture on it. That's and all he, he has to do. And he's he Rick would look Rude. just like him. It's do you think this gimmick is going to get over, though? I... Here's the thing. He doesn't really have a choice. He has to find a way to get it over. Because I think WWE kind of damaged him by teaming him with Gable. Yeah, me too. I mean, if this doesn't go over the right way, what are we looking at? Are we looking at him being a jobber? When back in TNA slash Impact Wrestling, he was the it factor. I mean, I used to watch Impact Wrestling. I would see Bobby Roode on there, and I'd go, man, he would work out great for the WWE. But oh, yeah. Absolutely. My thought process was he would work out great for the WWE under that it factor gimmick. They didn't bring that over with him. They gave him the glorious gimmick. And... I got to tell you, when the first time I seen the glorious gimmick, I hated it. Actually, I think I still hate it. Really? 
yeah, I'm just not into it. I think people like it more for the theme song than what it actually is. That's fair. The theme song is great. It's it actually I'll, I'll give it that. It actually used to be my my ringtone for a while, even though I always keep my phone on vibrate. When I first heard them, I thought to myself, "Then that that's me to a T. I'm glorious. Let's put it on my phone." No, you're gorgeous. Remember we talked oh, about this. Telling me I am gorgeous. Man, you could be glorious. Do you want to be glorious? No, I'm good. Oh, oh well. Dang. Well, anyway. <clears throat> so I'll take his mustache though. <clears throat> oh man. Sorry, I'm I don't know what's going on. Apparently my throat's getting dry. But yeah, that this is it's a phenomenal mustache. And kudos to him for growing it so fast. Okay, best mustache in the wrestling business ever. Who do you pick? Oh. I don't know. That's honestly now all I'm thinking about is Rick Rude now. <laughs> so I, I guess I'm going to have to say Rick Rude. <laughs> okay, here's one for you Dan Severin. Oh, the beast. You remember his mustache? I do. That was very, uh, that was the 80st. 80s stash I've ever seen in my life. And that was during the 90s. I also got two more. They're a tag team. Okay. The Smoking Guns. Okay, yeah. Who's the other one? Well, that was it. There's, oh, you're combining. Okay. There's two okay. of them. Um, yeah, there's... Okay, so then, out of all those, then, do you have one specific favorite? I don't know. I mean, we, Can should I... Get a, we should get a poll going on Twitter. Best mustache ever in wrestling. Oh, I'll, Guns, I'll... Dan Severn, Robert Roode. How do Rick we feel Rude. about adding Hollywood Hogan to the list? Not Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hogan. Ah, see, I don't know, because he had the, like, the stubble with, like, the... Was it like a Fu Manchu, would you say? Um, yeah, I would say it was, it was like a Fu Manchu. He he was kind of rocking it a little bit. Yeah, he was rocking it. As now I'm Googling Hollywood Hogan mustache. This is not how I envisioned my, Saturday, or my Friday night to go. So thank you, Matt. What about the Iron Sheik? Didn't he have a mustache? Oh, he did. It, it, was, it was good, but I don't think it was top tier in my opinion although i will tell you this one wwe superstar who does have a phenomenal mustache scott dawson from the revival yeah he has a good mustache or what about chris jericho even when he's had so many different like beards and looks to him i mean you would almost have to have a a whole another category for like best chris jericho beard (laughs) I think we need to start that list. We need to make the list. How about uh, Sergeant Slaughter? Okay. All right. You got to throw the Sarge up there. Especially when he was commissioner. I don't know why. It just kind of stuck out. Yeah, it kind of does stick out in my head. Him being commissioner and having the the mustache. And whenever he would talk, like, DX would back up like he was spitting on them. <laughs> Or Cody Rhodes, for that matter, when he did the whole dashing gimmick. 
Oh, I forgot about that one. Yep. <laughs> it, it, it's funny how many great mustaches and beards there have been in wrestling. We could do a whole podcast alone on that. Oh, yeah, I'm sure the fans would love that. <laughs> I, I'm sure we've probably lost a few listeners already by just probably. talking about this. <laughs> More than likely. All right, so now how are you feeling, Matt? Feeling better. I'm wishing I had a mustache. (laughs) You'll get there one day. Anyway, (laughs) you want to hit up the show, the Gmail's ProWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Once again, ProWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Facebook.com slash ProWrestlingPod. Once again, Facebook.com slash ProWrestlingPod. Twitter is at ProWPodcast. Once again, ProWPodcast. ProWrestlingPod.blogspot.com. Once again, ProWrestlingPod.blogspot.com is the official website. Interviews, podcast episodes, all all that good stuff. Available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and Anchor. My name is Nick. My name is Matt. We'll see you guys next time. Firefly Funhouse, really? Could have been Firefly Mustache. Ooh. Time has arrived. We are broadcasting Raw Live from my ass. I'd rather watch two old women slap my ass. <laughs> Woo! That's as tough as a chunk of my ass. Here comes the biggest ass. ass, 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 ass. The big man is back. Jim Ross. 350 pounds here. Say hello to my ass. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the greatest spectacle on earth. My ass. 30 men will enter my ass. You know what I mean. The most important thing to a tag team is my ass. I totally agree with you, JR. Here you go, King. Kiss my ass. I wish you would jump on top of me, JR. It disgusts me to see my ass. My daughter's nursery rhymes are more aggressive than this. I can't help but look at the butt, JR. What?